Welcome to Arsenal X NGR Radio's Xbox Podcast. And as always, we throw up the X. Because we're about to throw down definitely with some of the good news that we got today. But joining me on this episode, as always, is my wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Jesse Douglas. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna just keep on doing that now. It works just, too well. Oh, you just get a good laugh out of me. And as always, it's my boss man, my heart, my love, my go-to guy. He does everything, Mr. Corey Derrick. I'm Hi, here. Corey. I'm here. I'm awake. Can you, can uh, you see the staples in my eyelids outside? <laughs> Oh, man. I'm, so good, you... I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Uh, so how are you guys doing? I know there's a particular thing on uh, news that we're going to get to. Uh, so just, Corey, hold your excitement. I can't. You know I can't. No, I know. Jesse, okay, so the way that I'm looking at the screen, it looked like your beard, Jesse, is matching your shirt. Like you dyed your beard green to match your shirt. He did. Can you see? <laughs> it's probably just because it's grain. It's getting closer to this color. Oh, wow. <laughs> How'd you guys? I found some gray hairs in my beard and my hair the other day, and I was like, sad. Like... I've, I've had some in my hair for like years. I, like <laughs> a long time. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I want to keep my hair, <laughs> my hair black. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, let's get into what's been in our arsenal. Um, Corey, I'm actually going to start with you. What's been in your arsenal, dude? Oh, well, I've been installing Quantum Break for what feels like four days now. Uh, I got it this week, and I have been trying to figure out, like, when am I going to play this? I want to play this for Arsenal X this week. So I, I put it in thursday and installed it right it installed right away but then there's there's like a 45 gig patch because they don't keep the videos on the disc <laughs> so like i had to download all the video files which is like 41 and a half gigs i think oh and then uh so like i've been playing other things and today i was i've wanted to play it but we ended up babysitting my nephews for a little while today so i didn't get to play it yet i it's one of those games that i've really wanted to play for a while but i'll probably report back on it next week but uh let's see yeah i think i need to reinstall it in my uh my xbox one because uh, i want to play it too i need to play it too yeah but i played some gears of war 4 multiplayer last night and uh, uh man that game i i wish like there weren't so many games coming out and so many things that i want to play coming out because 
Gears of War, if like I wasn't doing podcasting or like paying attention to the games that were coming out or whatever, like Gears of War would probably be my multiplayer game of choice and to just sit and play every night, you know, like kind of like comfort food style multiplayer stuff. It's just so fun, man. I jumped, I didn't, I usually jump into the ranked playlist, but I jumped into the social one and just getting into a match after match after match after match and not really worrying about what game mode we were playing or like who was on my team or, you know, trying out different weapons and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is so much fun. So, so you just went in there by yourself. Like you didn't know nobody. Oh yeah. No, I didn't know anybody. Uh, and then I started playing Doom on Switch, but I'll save that discussion for uh, Pal Block. So uh, I haven't really been playing a lot this week. It's just it's just been a busy week, man. And I babysat twice, and I'm trying to get the NGR Radio store up and running. Uh, and there's a few things up there right now, but I'm I I hope that by the time this episode goes up, everything will be up and ready to go. And you know, the first few probably like 10 or 12 designs will be up there. So that's kind of, it's kind of really all I've been doing. I haven't really gamed much this week, which sucks because like, that's really all I ever want to do. <laughs> right. So uh, Jesse, before I get to you, I'm going to, can I, is it okay if I go next? Yeah, go ahead. You're supposed okay. to tell him no. <laughs> I love Jesse. That's my, that's my dude. Well, I, oh, I can't wait to come up to Wisconsin. I'll go. I don't have to make a trip to come up to oh, the Coast oh, Jesse. I do. I do have something to say, though. Go ahead. It's go. Not, it's yes. not really, it's not really like I haven't been playing anything, but I will be going to PAX East in April. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. So I am excited for that. So NGR Radio in some form will be at PAX East, and I'm really excited. Ah, oh, I'm so jealous. I'm road tripping with my friend Joey, friend of NGR, on the sh- on some of our shows sometimes when he's not Final Fantasy rating. I know he's not listening to this podcast, but he listens to NGR, and I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him this week. I'm gonna be like Joey, Joey, you need to play. You you need to come on our shows because I miss Joey yes. so much. Even though I see him like four times a week at work, but <laughs> yeah, me. Me, him, our friend Mitch, and his brother are all going to PAX. So I'm so excited, nice. dude. I haven't been to PAX since like 2010. <gasps> what? Yeah. I... I've never been at all. Oh, man, dude. The last time I went, uh, the last time I went was I think the big games were Crackdown 2 and Halo Reach, I think, were the two big games. Wow. <laughs> and Yikes. me and me and my friends that I went with, uh, we were on G4 playing competitive Crackdown 2. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It was really weird. And then they interviewed me, but they never it never aired on the show. But wow. It was cool though. I think my friends from um uh goodness, I can't think of their podcast. Uh, some of my city friends here. Uh, Simon's Cake. Simon's Cake Podcast. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I think they're going next year. Uh, so I might actually have to ask them, just like, how are you guys planning? Do you need an extra person? Like, how much do I need to save, to spend, and stuff like that? Uh, it uh, was, I think our tickets were, like, after fees and processing and shipping the badges out to our houses, 
my t- I, we're, we're going Thursday and Friday, and two a two day ticket costs like a hundred and twelve dollars. It's fifty three dollars a day, or you can buy like a whole pa- like a whole weekend pass, which is like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for like a hundred and fifty bucks or something. I don't know. That's not bad. No. Usually packs like usually packs sell out. So yeah, yeah, that's why they they bought their tickets before they got to work, and they were like. They texted me while I was at work, and and like, they're like, "Pack tickets went on sale today. We're buying them." I'm like, "No, they're gonna be sold out by the time I get off work." So I like, scrambled to t- text someone and be like, "Can you buy these tickets for me real quick, and I'll pay you back when I get off work, please? Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so yes. Yes, uh, I am going to. Uh, I told Corey that I am going to plan on going with him to PAX next time. Like, like even me and Larry want to go to PAX. Like, I really want to go to PAX. Well, I'm trying to That's get a one of my go. I'm trying to get a panel at OhioCon next year. Yeah, and you know, it, yeah, I need to find out what that is because I'm. Uh, I'll take days off and I'll come up for that. Yeah, it's usually it's usually at the University of Akron, which is like. 15 minutes from where I live and like every year man it comes and goes and I'm like man I forgot because like it's not it's not that expensive to get a panel there and it's really not that expensive to get a a table there it's like I think for the weekend it's like a hundred bucks for a table and then if you want to do like a pan like a live panel or something it's like Mm. it might be three hundred dollars at the most Unless you're sponsored, and then like it's it's free if you're sponsored, but we're not sponsored, so right we sponsor ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing AGR. this twelve year old T-shirt for nothing. Is your radio sponsored by multiple things? Naruto, <laughs> <sighs> Monster, Jockstraps, Jockstraps, yeah, Jockstrap. the official yeah. podcast of Jockstrap. Buy these yes. jock straps at Dick's Sporting Goods. What? Uh, Too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that, that's 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 about right. If there's a Dick's Sporting Good around, because ours closed. Yeah, I don't even know, man. I haven't seen a I yeah. man. I haven't seen a Dick's Sporting Goods in a long time. Wow. Well, uh, before uh, we get to Jesse, uh, I. Like I said, I beat Halo Five Guardians. Um, spent maybe eight whole hours of my day off beating that, playing that game, like dying and just beating it. I was like, you know what? I need to finish half of this game off. Um, was really kind of surprised on how it ended. Uh, I think the ending could have been a little bit better, but I really enjoyed the game. Like, really had fun with it. Um. So uh, I got to figure out what I'm going to be playing next for it. Because I kind of do want to get into Assassin's Creed Origins, but I'm waiting for you, Corey, to get it so I can start it on there. Uh, so we could talk more about that. Uh, so I'm going to be searching for a game. I was thinking of I might do uh, Battlefield Hardlines because I got it for $5 at my job. So a uh, brand new copy and everything. So I might jump into that. Or I might be, or I might jump into Return to Arkham and just play uh, Arkham Knight and uh, no, the first Arkham in Arkham City, uh, Asylum City. So I might jump into that. Uh, 
You guys, when you check out Nintendo Power Block, I will actually get to show you my 2DS Pokemon that I picked up, and I also picked up Doom. Um, I was going to be getting Little Doom 2, but it doesn't get on, come out on sale until uh, Tuesday. So by the time you guys see this, uh, the game will be out. Uh, but I'm going to probably pick it up like that following week, the week of uh, Black Friday. Uh, uh, PlayStation 4 I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy 12 uh, uh, The Zodiac Age Really need to finish that So so many people on Twitter and my friends Have been playing it And I'm just like oh my goodness I really need to jump into this game So um, I'll be working on That game for PlayStation But uh, Xbox One I'm going to be finishing I'm finding something to start playing Is like finishing some stuff up uh, and then Dragon Quest 8. Um, I'm still playing on my old 3DS. I haven't set up my new 2DS just yet, but I will be doing that because Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon comes out the, uh, the week of this recording. So, uh, that's what I've been that's what's been in my arsenal. Uh, Jesse, what's been in your arsenal? Um, I, I ended up oh. playing. Oh, I'm sorry. Before you go, I did I did do one more thing. I'm sorry. I played Gears of War four with my friend on his Xbox One. We literally co op in in the set in the living room together. So we did like half of the whole campaign. Like, oh, we, nice. yeah, we we literally ended up on chapter four. Like, if if I didn't have to go get my niece, we would have beat that game in one whole city. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I I need to start playing that again too. Like, that's the thing is I like I uh, in my list like some things I've been playing lately. I played uh, I picked up Wolfenstein: The New Order again, and I was playing that. So I'm I'm trying to get back into some games that I haven't played in a while. And then like I I did play Siege quite a bit, uh, just because that's kind of my my uh, Gears of War four right now. Is I just like I just love jumping into that game and like the nice thing about it like like what makes me like when I play this game and I don't miss Call of Duty is like you have so many annoying people playing the Call of Duty <laughs> games always saying stupid things all the time whereas with any time I'm playing Siege like sure you'll have you know people that are just you know act stupid or you know do dumb things but i almost always add like at least one or two people to my friends list because you know like people talk and use mics on there all the time and once you find someone to play with on there you know people are really good on there about just adding people and and you know and then whenever you're on online again they they want to you know add you to their to their uh, group and stuff. So uh, that's the one thing I like about that game is the community on it is, is really good. So that's why I think probably one of the main reasons why I always go back to that one right now. And then uh, I did play the division for like a little bit, but I, I butt kicked it. <laughs> I just, cause I haven't played it in so long and you know, it's such a different style of playing than what I'm used to right now. Yeah. So I just, you know, I have to get used to it again, but I do want to pick that up again and play it. And I, I think part of the thing is too is I'm in I'm kind of in the in some of the areas where the the bad the guys like can take off a lot of your health with like one shot. So, you know, I just kind of having an issue with that and just need to get used to it again. And then I did play Dead Space again a little bit. Uh, yes. The first one, I I just love that game. Those games are so amazing, 
And they like even though it's from the 360, that game it still looks decent. You know, like the graphics wise, it still looks nice, which is you know is awesome. Because some of those older games sometimes they just don't look that great. But um, I literally picked up Destiny Two for like a whole five minutes. I I went I um, voted, you know, in the Iron Banner thing. I was gonna try and play something. I'm like, man, this, <laughs> I'm I'm done with this game. I just I just don't have any drive to play it anymore right now. I just you know like there's no reason for me to like I like the people that that I my friends that have it that play it. I don't think they really play it that much, so their characters probably still aren't leveled up. So I can't you know ever do any like night nightfall raids or. Or you're doing any of the raids or whatever, so it's there's no reason to really play it. So I think I'm just pretty much done with it right now. And then uh, before we started the show, I ended up uh, finishing uh, Max Curse of the Brotherhood, and that's probably like one of my favorite like smaller games. Like I, I mean, I, it took quite a few hours to beat it, but but there it's just so much stuff in it that they do really well like i just like the whole idea of like you know using your marker thing where you draw you draw like uh rocks and you draw like vines and and like there's these things where you you can draw the direction you know of where it's gonna shoot like this fireball thing to take out like walls and and bad guys and stuff so Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't actually attack anything yourself because you're just a little kid you know that's running around but you you have to um manipulate the environment to help take out the bad guys so you don't actually do anything like with weapons or anything it's because it is a kid's game it's a family friendly game yes but um like yeah just the it's very reminiscent of uh when i played braid like where there's just some areas where I'm like just sitting there forever, just thinking, how do I do this? Like, how do I complete this to try to get to where I need to go? And like, so it really, it, some of the areas, there was a couple of them that really pushed your thinking into trying to figure out exactly what you got to combine to be able to get somewhere. And, uh, I was really, I was really impressed with the uh, the final boss battle. It was pretty funny, and just kind of uh, a little unique. And just the the final boss, the whole like fight with the final boss was pretty fun and interesting. But it's definitely one of those games where that I suggest if if you want like a good like fun cinematic platformer where you've you know got really pretty looking graphics and things mm-hmm. going on but yet it's animated it's not like trying to look realistic it's more like you know like a a really good animation and uh definitely pick that up because it's i think it's only like 15 bucks or something and now you know now you can get it on play playstation 4 too if you, if people have a ps4 and don't have an xbox so yeah it's also on i think it's also on game pass now too so Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention I also beat Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, that oh, challenge. Oh, that last challenge. Uh, 
So, <laughs> but uh, I won't talk about the Transformers of last night because I'm not too drunk for that just yet. But we're going to get into some arson news now. I'm gonna let Corey, Corey, I'm gonna let you actually talk about this one after I introduce it. So, um, it seems that the Adam, the Enchantress, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what? Yes, all coming to Injustice Two. Um, the Adam will be hitting. <laughs> the Adam will be hitting in on December two, but it blew people's mind like no one would guess it. So. Um, they're coming as the third season th- uh, DLC. Um, they each, have, I guess, will have separate days on when they'll be dropping. But yes, everybody's hyped that the Ninja Turtles is coming to Injustice 2. Now, Corey, before you say anything, for anybody who has not picked up Injustice 2, it's $30 at Toys R Us right now. So if you have not picked up the game, hey, there you guys can go get that and get season pass and you'll be ready to go. But, uh, Corey, let us know. <laughs> go ahead. Talk about it. I don't know what you want me to talk about. I'm just excited. Dude, this is the first time I've been excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a video game since Super Nintendo, okay? This is, like, the the greatest moment of my life, I think. Yeah, I got married last year, but this is still the greatest moment of my life. I don't care. Dude. <laughs> I, dude, that intro trailer was so awesome. Adam Adam was fighting Enchantress. I guess, I guess that's who that was, right? I I didn't know I didn't know those characters were new. Like I didn't even care. And so they're fighting, and all of a sudden, like you see Adam zoom towards Enchantress, and then they're getting ready to like ah, whatever. And all of a sudden, you just see the sigh land in the cement, and you just see you just see Raph walk down the alleyway in the trench coat and the hat from the first movie. And I was like, ah, <laughs> and, he, and he was just like, that looks like fun. And then like, you just see the other three turtles jump out behind him after he takes the trench coat off. I was just like, first off, I was like, how did they pull this deal off? Second, I was like, does WB, have the rights to Ninja Turtles now? And if so, I'm like, give that to uh, WB Montreal, please. Because, like, say what you will about Shadow of Wars, whatever, the the gameplay looks fluid and fun like you would like you would want the Ninja Turtles to feel. And the Nemesis system, the Nemesis system with all the different villains of the Ninja Turtles, I'm like... <laughs> And like well, it's, my my it's, excitement level for Injustice was like here because like I was like I want to play Injustice, but I don't want to spend sixty dollars on Injustice. And now it's just like I need Injustice in my hand. Yesterday, like I just like I I I need it right. And like Corey, I, I don't know if there's like a release date or anything for for the Turtles or not yet. But like the yeah, day that not D- yet. the day that DLC comes out, I'm gonna be like boop 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 Injustice. Boom. So. Corey, it's thirty bucks at Toys R Us. Go get your copy. See, um, see, Ed, I have to buy gifts for lots of people this year. So, like, everything I'm buying is on hold except for Xenoblade. So it's like it's like on a pause. It's on it's on a pause. I'll just say that just... And, that and uh, 
packs. I had decided to do that instead of buy <laughs> games. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but actually, to answer your question, I think it's a Nickelodeon property right now. But I think that's just only for the cartoons. As for the uh, as for the licensing, I don't know because they have uh, I think a crossover issue with Batman. I know Jesse. I think you posted that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know they, if that the IWD. IWD. Okay. Because I don't. Um, I don't know if that one was current. I remember seeing that uh that cover, but I don't know when it was done. So, uh, whatever uh, WB did to get that license to, for them to guest star, because um, what was I think it was Game Informer. It was someone talking about it on the podcast. It's just like it's weird that they were able to get this uh, because like Freddy and Jason was like in Mortal Kombat. I think uh, nine, nine or ten. Uh, like how they was able to get other properties in that in that game, so to see the Ninja Turtles come to this, like wow! Um, but Jesse, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I like I I had posted it in our thing, and then I didn't I didn't even think about putting it on the the page. I I just knew that uh, that Corey would be excited about it. So, but I see that he ended up posting it. So, do you see how good they looked? Did you see yeah. how great they look? Yeah. Did you see Dude, that Injustice is running on Unreal Engine 4? Did you see that I could be playing that about, on the go on my we, Switch? As much as we talked about Turtle, uh, Turtles, not Turtles of Time, Tournament Fighting. Tournament. Yeah. To see them come back in the fighting game, like... Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's actually the original... The original uh, uh, thing that I that I read, they had a picture of uh, tournament uh, fighters, and and it's and then it was saying you know that they were gonna be in in Injustice Two, and I'm like what? So <laughs> that caught my eye right away when I seen the tournament fighters cover from Super Nintendo. So, according to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video game Wikipedia page, okay, huh? Uh, the last, uh, the last game that Activision had the rights to was the Platinum Games one, right? And now Activision does not have the rights to Ninja Turtles anymore. That reverted back to Nickelodeon, uh, in twenty at the beginning of twenty seventeen, and they have the sole right to license out the turtles as they see fit. Okay, so that that explains okay. why they have an uh um the uh, Nickelodeon uh, comic book now because that one crossover, the other one with Batman, that's only, there's only six issues out so far. So that's the ongoing uh, comic book right now with the Batman yeah, and only, Turtles. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about the video game license. I the think video, the, the yeah. comic license, I still think uh, Peter, Laird still, Peter Laird still owns the rights to them. Okay. And like, Okay. You know they they have an exclusive publishing deal with IDW, but then I think IDW is a subsidiary of DC Comics. I think. I th- I think so. I'm not uh, sure. I don't remember I, I exactly. Don't, I don't because I know because so. I know Batman's you know does a lot of stuff with the IDW. So I mean that would make sense why he would be on so many of their their comics. You know, so many crossovers and things like that between characters from DC and 
but IDW, but, but IDW was around when the Turtles first started, I believe. When yeah, it was yeah, the, they, the first Ninja Turtle comics were self-published, though. Right, but they weren't part of of uh, DC. That's the thing about oh, no, it. No, 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 no. No. Well, when they were That's... by themselves, they're yeah. still not part of DC. Or I, IDW. Okay. IDW yeah, Publish- Publishing is an American publisher of comic books, graphic novels, art books, and comic strip collections. The company was founded uh, as the publishing division of Idea Design Works LLC and is now a publishing arm of uh, DC Comics. Okay. So. Okay. Oh, so they published DC Comics or D- DC Comics published it? No, DC Comics bought them to work on, you know, just to fund them to do smaller projects that aren't necessarily DC related, like more like independent works. Yeah. Cause like walking dead and stuff is on there, isn't it? Yeah. IDW and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cause one, cause I think when IDW first started and DC wasn't part of them, Warner brothers did, but didn't buy DC yet. So yeah. Now, take what I said with a grain of salt. I did read it off of Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is usually a solid source for, like, just this information. I wouldn't, like, cite them in a paper I was writing for school or anything. Yeah, but... well, and when it comes to stuff like comic books, you know, the the hardcore uh, nerds aren't going to let false <laughs> false information be up there. Yeah. They're going to change it right away. <laughs> They're going to want it changed. <laughs> Can I can I so. just point out how good the Ninja Turtles looked in that trailer though? Just like how yes. good and like <laughs> like that's how they're supposed to look type of way. Like that's just that's just how they're supposed to look. Alright, when I see Ninja Turtles, like that's <laughs> what I envision them looking like. <laughs> that's it's just awesome. And like they did a little like cool touch ups, like they look like t- the turtles from like the fir- probably like the first two movies. I would say. I would say leading more towards. I would actually say they look more towards like Secret of the Ooze turtles, but like they have that feel of the first two movies. But they did the cool thing where like in the first two movies they had like the brown wristbands and the brown like shoulder pads and stuff. In this one they had like they're colored like they weren't like pads. They were like like boxing tape. In like yeah. in like ankle tape in the colors that like their mask were, I was just like, oh man, that's that's like the turtles that I dream about at night, man. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, which is funny yeah, because I... you know what's funny about this announcement? Like me and my friend, like me me and my friend from work are actually scripting a what like we're actually scripting a what we want like a Ninja Turtles story to be. So we're actually writing together a, a script for like a Turtles movie that would be like a sequel to the first two movies, but like have the idea of that. Remember the animated one that came out, uh, what, like 2007 ish that was supposed to be like a semi sequel to the first three movies, but kind of was kind of wasn't had the Easter eggs from those movies, but wasn't really, you know, like and Leonardo was off doing his own thing, and all the turtles were kind of doing their own thing, and then they came back together. That's kind of what we're writing, and it's just like I was like, "This is." I'm just in like full turtle mode right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing my uh, my turtle shirt. It's uh, 
it's a zombie shirt and they're eating it just says you know instead of brains it's a crane that nice. there is in their thought bubble <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. yes well uh... i don't think i've ever been so excited for a video game announcement in my life <laughs> except for like when the switch was announced okay well no the doom one doom i, I mean yeah. i wasn't even that i'm not i wasn't even this excited for that like i was just Dude, that was hype was a, but this is we like... was i mean the same the same because see i have to keep my assignment like down and like, you know really but ed you know my infatuation with the teenage mutant ninja turtles cray I wanted to lose my mind when this got announced. At first, I did not believe this. I'm like, this is a joke. Dude, I thought somebody was kidding. Like, I thought this was like some kind of spoof thing. Okay. That's <laughs> the kind of level that, and that's why I had to keep my expectations like, okay, this can't be real. Seeing the trailer, it was just like, oh my goodness, how and why? And now I want this. Like, I might have to pick up Injustice too. God is real. Let me tell you. But, <laughs> but see, you 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 took the you took the assignment from me, uh, and it just showcased it because I was just like, "Good, Corey got the me and Corey on the same level." And Jesse, we're like all three on the same level of excitement for this. But I have to be like a host and you know be calm and cool about it. Uh, I really do hope that they're balanced, and I hope they play out really good. That's... See, but like my my only fear for this. My my only fear about the Ninja Turtles is that like the the char- the turtles themselves are all gonna take up one character slot and they're just gonna be like palette swaps. Like, you know, like, okay, you got this cool Batman suit, but then you got this cool Batman suit. My fear is that each turtle is just gonna be a different costume for Turtle X, you know? And then like uh-huh. maybe they'll play a little bit different depending on what skin you pick, but like that's really my only fear. Now, if they take up four character slots, dude, I I will not be on this podcast for like a month because I will be playing it twenty four seven. Honestly, I think that could that that they would probably have them individual just because, like they're they're saving a lot of time on on a majority of making the cre- you know the character just because they are fairly similar. So you'd think that because they maybe saved some time on that, they could uh, put that time in in other places of of developing the character and just give you actual different characters for each one. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of be a bummer if it was, you know, just a, a an alternate costume for for the one turtle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but but besides that, dude, I'm like, I am so excited i've never been so ex- i've never been excited for a fighting game but i've never been so True. excited for something in my entire life like i, I can't I, I this just makes me like if warner brothers if this is like this is this is definitely gonna be a boost right to injustice because like i mean like yeah batman super, yeah batman and and like the dc characters are are you know exciting enough they're enough to be excited about but you add uh, turtles that have like there's so many people who love the ninja turtles that don't care about like there's so many sections of turtle fans there's there's the original cartoon there's the original movies there's the original comics there's the video games and then you kind of like hit 
like the turtle design themselves hits just enough of each of those like points that it's yeah. gonna bring so many new players in. Like I couldn't, t- I can't tell you how many people I saw online say, "Man, my hype level for Injustice was like a zero, but now I'm like all in on Injustice." And I was but, like, and, 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 the, and stuff like that just gonna reinvigorate people to go out and buy the game. Yeah, like, like, and I'm sorry, Capcom, but you, but you guys are literally dude, in just, trouble, dude. They're just no, like, there's no way. They, there's no There's, way they can announce something bigger than this to their exactly. like and unless they like like the only thing I could compare this to is if in Marvel vs. Capcom, like they added Star Wars characters because, you know, Star Wars has such a huge fan base. That's like the only thing I could possibly try to compare this to. Would be like uh, I mean and like to for me that's not even the same thing. But like I know to a lot of people like that's that that would be a huge deal is if they add if like Marvel vs. Capcom would add Star Wars characters just because Disney owns them. But it it would it would literally would be Capcom. The only way that Capcom could steal uh, Warner Brothers um, fire for Turtles is that they got to bring a new Power Stone out and a new Dark Siders and make it Switch exclusive. Man, that's so. with oh. That would literally, and uh, and uh, there was I mean, a school one. Even even then, dude. Like, even if this, like, what we're what we what Pow Block, one of the new stories for Pow Block is like that rumor mill thing that I sent you earlier. Yes. And like one of the rumors is Soul Calibur Six is going to be announced at PSX, but the Switch version is going to have Link in it, which would be like that. That's like the only thing I can compare this Ninja Turtles thing to is be like Soul Calibur with Link coming back for Soul Calibur. Oh, every, oh everybody wants Link back in Soul Calibur. That was the reason that that, re- that was the only reason that Soul Calibur 2 sold on GameCube and actually outbeat PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It's because again. nobody really cares about Hihachi or Spawn. Like, everybody loves Link. Like, I, I, I'm, sure there's, I'm sure so there's a good. bunch of Spawn fans out there, but like Actually, I had the Xbox version too, and Spawn was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, Spawn was pretty cool. Oh, but, I, I feel yeah. but but Link was way it's better. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we are happy for that news. Yes, congratulations, WB. You won a lot of our now, hearts. Now that the- Shadow of War is out, that team needs a new project. Okay, that fighting is cool. Just, just, just. Give them the Ninja Turtles and be like but that's Nickelodeon a WB. Oh, no. Here you go. But that's the problem. That's the problem because they're already working on a, someone is already working on a Ninja Turtles video game. Who's working on a Ninja Turtles video game? Um, Who's working on a Ninja Turtles video game? Ed, tell me right now. I did not know this. I have to look it up. But they did announce that they got a new game. No. I think Nickelodeon. I thought Nickelodeon announced that they had a new game. Are you talking about that mobile game TMNT Legends? I don't think so. No, I think it was a uh, someone was working on a new Ninja Turtles game. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they, I didn't hear about either, but I read something about that, but they didn't say if it was mobile or it was console. I think it was I mean, console, but I don't only, know who's working. On the it. only things on the Wikipedia page are like the two games that are in development are DLC for. 
TMNT Legends for iPo- iPhone, iPad, Android, Kindle Fire. Uh, and then the characters for Injustice. And then the thing before that was the Platinum Games one. Oh, that's very weird. I don't know if... I have to look it up. Uh, oh my gosh, if Ed, if, if there's a new Turtle game. Yeah, someone said... Yeah, because remember, there was a rumor that someone said that the Ninja Turtle... A new Ninja Turtles game was in the works. But they didn't announce who was doing it. Uh, so it might be... It might be still in a rumor mill because I... I, I I need a four player beat em up two D linear. Like See, I want I, I want a, I want an open world action RPG. This is what I want for a Turtles game. Uh that'd be hard. I want like I want like Arkham City style incri- intricacy in the sewer systems and like uh you know, big bosses that give you like uh Experience Ori. points and new weapons, like you can upgrade your weapons as you make your way through the city. Ori. No, no, Ed, no, Corey. No, I want, I want, listen I want to Horizon. Me. To I me. want Horizon listen, and listen. I want Horizon listen Batman and Shadow of War Corey. to make one game and call it TMNT. <laughs> no, Corey, it and then, mentioned... and then, if and then, listen, no, no, listen. you listen. Hold on, no, you listen. No. In the no. sewer base, in the sewer base, you walk up to the arcade cabinet you, there's like five arcade cabinets lined up and they have hyperstone heist turtles in time uh turtles the arcade game mutants in manhattan and then whatever ever super cool side scroll they have to go through, they have to get that from konami so whoever does that'd it be awesome that'd, now that'd be I'm, so awesome listen i was just saying, actually they have to get it if, for from like irm open world TMNT. And see, this could be Arsenal Exchange, but it's not. If they were going to do an open world TMNT, I'm sorry, Ninja Theory has to take it. Ninja Theory, to me, personally would have to take it because they have designed combat for a bow with with Enslave, uh, with Swords, uh, uh, with the Katana, which is uh, DMC, with Nunchucks, I think also DMC in a way. Uh, oh no, no, not DMC. But they can uh, do well. They can do close quarters combat too, because like yeah, I mean like if you're talking purely from a combat perspective, they have experience with swords. They have experience with close range combat, which could be wrath because of the uh, those weird like fist things that you get. Yeah. Um, and then. They- they're very artistic. Their world, their level design is really good. So they could capture New York, or or even Manhattan, and make that open world. Like they yeah. could literally do that. I don't know. Have they've never really done an open world game though before? They would have to staff up for an open world, um, especially if they're using Unreal. Like if that's their engine of choice, like they really gonna have to staff up for an open world because Unreal doesn't really do open world all that great. Uh, I mean, like, I guess the Arkham games were open world, but still, like, I, I don't know, but that could, I, I guess that could be a topic for another day. <laughs> I just, yes. I'm just so excited for, for Turtles, dude. Like, just, to, <laughs> just to, just to see someone acknowledging the fact that Turtles can be viable in some form in video games today is just like, thank you, thank you. Nether Realm and WB for giving me part of my dream 
is to have a modern Ninja Turtles game. And like, I want, like, I seriously think they're testing the waters to see the hype around Ninja Turtles. And they're putting them in a game that people like already seem to love. And they're like, let's see, let's gauge a reaction to this. Can we, can we viably make a Ninja Turtles game? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's move on before I just keep going on. Cause it's just too exciting. It's too exciting. <laughs> Well, the thing about keep your excitement up because I'm I'm sorry everybody that I have to bring it down. EA has purchased Respawn and uh, Rip Titanfall, they... <laughs> Rip Respawn, um, Rip Bioware. <laughs> exactly. Um, Vince Zampella, uh, Vince Zampella is back under the banner of a major publisher. The former Infinity War heads was famously fired and sued by Activision in 2010 before forming Respawn Entertainment. After spending seven years as an independent studio, Respawn set to be a subsidiary of a major publisher. As reported by Venture B, EA purchased Respawn that that were was uh, $455 million. There is $151 million in cash, $164 million in restricted long-term stock grants, and up to $140 million in performance-based incentives. The transaction is expected to be completed by the end of the year. Um, accompanying the news is the revelation that Respawn seems to already be at work on three different projects for EA. The studio is currently developing a third installment in the Titanfall series, some sort of Star Wars game, and an unnamed VR experience. Uh, it seems as if most major EA subsidiaries are going to be responsible for something Star Wars related. Um, Zampella has said had this to say to people who are worried. Uh, give me one second, everybody. Uh, gotta scroll down. Um, Zampella had has this to say to people who are worried about what total acquisition might turn on response games. My message is we are still respond and we are going to make things better. It doesn't change the future of Titanfall. Only positives come from it, like more resources. Uh, I know I know this leads into your next next topic, but like I am so surprised that Microsoft didn't try to go after respawn. And I know, I know, like EA has has had the first right of refusal because I think Nexon tried to buy them first, just because like EA publishes their games. But like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised like Microsoft didn't at least try to make a bid. Um... Yeah, I mean, I know they already have their first person shooter franchise in Halo, but like, I mean, Respawn would have added an awesome developer to their arsenal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I I wonder though if it was like kind of one of those things where like you know earlier when we talked about Phil Spencer kind of you know because I mean like because you'd hate for them to be stuck like being I don't know that they would have with Microsoft but you'd hate for them to be stuck like half having to create something that maybe they if they want to be able to go off and do other things. Well, like kind of thing, but I think I the know. thing about it is, is that with Microsoft, we know that the, that respawn would get closed, and yeah. people fear because um, there's an opinion opinionated piece on Game Informer's website uh, where one of the editors was talking about, you know, this is the final goodbye to respawn 
because of what they did to Risible. And they fear that when EA buys a company, they end up getting closed. Uh, because the the heads of EA don't know what they're doing. And so they don't see if they don't see any profit they're getting from, they'll just end up closing that studio. Where I think at least where Microsoft and Respawn, if they were to make a game, regardless of it's sold or not, we know that Respawn is still in a good place of not closing. And they'll just make the game get better. But go ahead, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, you know, obviously I would have liked to seen Respawn go to Microsoft just because they, you know, they did have the original first Halo, or not Halo, the first Titanfall game. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, like, that was, that was a, like a big time, you know, need for me at that time. Like, I wanted that game so bad when it came out. I and wanted I, it too. And I, I ended to up buying day, it. On, I love it. I ended up buying it on 360 because I wanted it so bad, and I didn't have an Xbox yeah. One yet. And like that game was awesome on 360. Yeah, yeah, for yeah for a 360. Yeah, I was surprised how well it looked on there. The only thing that I didn't like is they didn't really uh, advertise it for 360 much. Like they didn't really ever like it was hard to find video play of it, like what it looked like on there and stuff. And I, it kind of made me worried that it wasn't going to look very good. But then eventually mm-hmm. I did see, and it looked and it looked pretty good. But but yeah, like that was one of the things that I was looking forward to. You know, owning a an Xbox One at the time, I was like, oh, I like this is going to be such an awesome game. And I I loved that game so much. And I got the second one. I have a just don't have as much time so i don't play that one as much but as i did the first one but i still oh. do love those games jesse like you they're need amazing to, you need to play Titanfall 2's campaign really no i did good. i no i did i beat it i loved the okay campaign. it was amazing it was like one of my favorite campaigns because i normally i don't play like that's telling in itself because i don't normally play uh campaign mode in in most first person shooter games mm-hmm. like call of duty all those i I've, I've always just kind of played the multiplayer because that's what my friends did you know yeah and i just you know i i try the campaigns in the call of duty games sometimes but i never really finished them but when i when i started titanfall 2 it was just so amazing that i had to keep on playing it so it just kept me hooked so yeah, yeah. it's a it's a great campaign so, but I like as far as this this whole thing going, you know, I'm worried because I'd I'd hate to see Titanfall get wrecked, and I'd you know I'd hate to see them like something happen to them as a group again. You know, this will be the this would be the second time then that they gone through breaking up, you know, as or whatever possibly. But I want to give give them the benefit of the doubt and just you know because I think. I think Titanfall now at this point is a strong enough, you know, game that, that, you know, that they, hopefully it will be enough to, to let EA know that, Hey, you know, like they're, they know what they're doing when it comes to this game and, and hopefully they don't screw around with it. And they just only are there to literally make it, you know, help with things that they want to do to make it better. Well, I think a lot of people fear that, 
EA involvement is going to be like, we need you guys to put stuff in to make us more money. So, of course, like loot boxes and DLC and stuff like that. And people fear that if EA involvement is... If EA's involvement shows in Titanfall 3, like predominantly about the whole game, that's going to turn a lot of people off. And that's going to be like, we don't, we really now don't want to buy this game. Uh, because what people wanted in the Titanfall 2, A, they wanted to be uh, on multiple systems and they wanted a single player. Well, they, uh, Respawn did that and that didn't work. So now, I think with EA's involvement now, they they're probably gonna be like, well, let's see if uh, if we could still give them that, but let's put in these loot boxes because it makes us money. So if that if that shows up in the game a lot, definitely in single player, a lot of people gonna feel like, no, this is not Titanfall anymore. This is just a ATM machine for EA or something. Like well, well, and I I think as long as they do what they do now, like I could see I could see EA doing what they do now, like because right now as far as it goes, like you get maps and all that for free, but the only thing you have to pay for is cosmetics, right? If right. I remember correctly. Yeah. So if they were to do that, just continue doing that, but with with having a bigger group and more people to dedicate time to making stuff for the games just up the you know the the amount of stuff that they have for cosmetics to pick from and then just make money off that like they already were with the with Titanfall 2 like if they just do mm-hmm. that I I'd, I'd have no problem with it or like Siege Siege kind of does the same thing too and I think a lot of people will appreciate that because that that just shows that EA hands was on it. But I think EA is going to try to uh, try to force them to be like, you know, you need to put this in because now that we own you guys, are these the decisions that we make for your game need to be implemented? And people yeah. are going to be fearing that the stuff that we did get for free is not going to happen anymore. Everything that you get in that game, you're going to be charged for, and that's what a lot of people fear. Well, and I and I wonder if maybe the reason that they have them working on a on a Star Wars game is because maybe maybe that was that was a deal that they made with them. Hey, we'll let you keep Titanfall and do it the way you want to do it and do that kind of stuff, but but when it comes to the the Star Wars game that you're making for us, we want you to do it the way you know, like you know, make. They want to be able to make money off of a game that they know they're guaranteed they're going to make money off of because it's a Star Wars game. Like I, I mean, there's a possibility that that could have been part of the deal as to why they're doing a a Star Wars game is because they're like, you you can keep your game and you can do your game and do it the way you want, but. You know, but then, but we want you to do the Star Wars game, you know, the way that you would do it, but we want, you know, use that to, as our money maker, basically. Mm. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm more fearful about the other studios that EA has that than respawn because respawn is is hot right now right ea usually buys studios when they're hot and then kind of like once people leave and stuff like 
Bioware, for an example, like they were so hot coming off of Mass Effect, and then they were they put out Mass Effect Two, and EA bought them, and it was just like, man, Bioware's at the top of their game right now. They've got Dragon Age coming out. They've got they've got Mass Effect, and now look, we have like, uh, we got a pretty okay Mass Effect game in terms of reviews this year. And then we have another game that's kind of like questionable and Anthem. Like we don't know, really know what that is yet. And the fact yeah. that so many people were leaving and that they rehired Casey Hudson is kind of like a scream for help. And the fact that Visceral closed, it's just like I'm more fearful for studios like Bioware and maybe Motive or Criterion and, and stuff like that to, to close or become more like uh, helper studios that make maps and do different uh, because like Criterion hasn't really put out a game in a while. They've been stuck on vehicle duty for for dice. You know they've been doing the like I think Criterion's doing all the vehicle stuff for Battlefront. So I mean it's it's sad. So I I just hope you know they know what they're doing and I would hate them hate for them to have to leave this, that studio again, like the way they broke up with Activision and have to start something new. But I mean, I, th I don't think they want to go through that either. And I think they probably played their cards a little bit and they were just like, look, we we're smart enough to know what we're doing. And this seems like a pretty good opportunity and whatever. So I don't know. We'll see. I give it like yeah. maybe it's five years or something. Maybe he'll put <laughs> Titanfall out and, <laughs> against you know destiny 3 and <laughs> battlefield 736 and <laughs> yeah everybody's been placing bets on when they're gonna be when they when we spots gonna be closed like a lot of people indicate well we'll get to that in our exchange because we need to move on to our last story uh microsoft is interested in acquiring studios and you know starting new ones um as off live uh complaint of Xbox is that it doesn't have enough exclusives. The focus over the past few holiday seasons has been to grow the Xbox One install base, which has worked and seems set to grow again this year with the launch of the Xbox One X. But now the attention has to switch to software. Xbox head Phil Spencer makes the tactic a mission in a recent interview with Bloomberg. We need to grow and I look forward to doing that, Spencer remarks. Our ability to go create content has to be one of our strengths. We haven't always invested at the same level. We've gone through ups and downs in this investment. What he means is that Xbox is planning to open new studios and to acquire existing ones. Spencer didn't mention any sort of details such as how many subsidiaries is aiming for, what kind of projects they'll have, and when any of this will happen. All we know is that he wants more studios under the Xbox banner. Someone they should go after, in all honesty, and I know this this wouldn't be like a system seller or anything for the console, but it would be it would add depth to their library. IO and Hitman. Oh yes, I think that would be an amazing acquisition for Microsoft. And like they just went independent, they're looking for a publisher for their for Hitman Season Two. Like, what if you could like so many fans of Hitman played that game on across all platforms, like. What if Microsoft went in and said, hey, we're going to buy you and, you know, pump more money into your game that you love to do so much. And we're going to let you do what you want to do. And what it, an amazing game that would add to the Xbox Live. It will be a middle finger to Square Enix. Or, or 
they could publish it on PlayStation as well. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, last week on Pow Block and, you know, a little bit here. Microsoft mm-hmm. is looking to reach gamers on other platforms. What a perfect opportunity for them to reach gamers on other platforms. You know, it's not a system selling franchise. It's a big franchise. It makes money. Not like obviously not a, enough money to for Square to keep them around, but I'm sure it would right. make Microsoft a little bit of money. You know, the season pass stuff, maybe a little bit of microtransactions in terms of like uh, cosmetic items. Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting game that they could publish across platforms. You know, we were talking about Max in the you know, what Cursed Brotherhood being Curse on of Play- the Brotherhood, Curse yeah. of the Brotherhood on PlayStation now, like Microsoft well, setting themselves up. You know, and this, what a great opportunity it would be for them to either you know but, bring that but game in house or but do they keep uh, platforms. but do they keep Hitman uh, um, episodic or yeah or oh yeah so. Why not? It did well. It did well enough for IO to make a like a one season one point five for their game of the year edition, and they're working on season two. So they obviously like that model. It got me more interested in Hitman. Like I didn't care about Hitman, and like every like two or three months, oh, there's a new level coming out in Hitman, and like podcasts kept talking about it. Like Giant Bomb was obsessed with Hitman for a long time, and like I ended up buying like the first two packs. You know, and I, I mean, there's just other games I was more interested in and, and stuff, but like it had me more interested in Hitman than I had ever been in it. So, yeah, they keep it episodic. I think it's a smart move. You know, I I really do think it's a smart move to keep that episodic. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Jesse? As far as yeah, it's like. I don't know. I just all I know is I've been kind of waiting for this. I I knew that this this uh you know that this news would come eventually that they're going to start looking for more stuff to get some more games out there. And unfortunately, you know, it's got me excited, but at the same time we don't, you know, we don't really know much more than that. But but yeah, like I I could see something like like that happening like what what he was talking about with Hitman or you know like grab some of those like games that that make money that are maybe aren't exactly like massive games that you could you know be able to pull a little you know money off of but you know let it let it go to other systems and you know do other things as well and still get money from it and then you know they could work on building other stuff with that money that they make for you know and cuz cuz like right now Basically, what Xbox would would probably want to do is just look for all different kinds of games, like all different styles of games. Like, I mean, they have different styles of games right now that you can play on it that are smaller games. But like that, you know, that's the one thing that that PlayStation has going right now is, you know, a lot of those other like they have, you know, a lot of independent or whatever people that make like different kinds of style games like as far as a lot of stuff PlayStation has kind of looks similar but but they've they've always got other areas to go to to get different unique styles of gaming well, and so uh, so that's that's what Xbox you know should do is just try to get all different kinds of styles of you know 
Do you think Phil Spencer should go for go to Emmy Hennick? I think that's her name, Emmy Hennick. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Xbox offer her a studio to make a game for them? Yeah, I think I think they yeah, should go. Be awesome. I think they should go sign her and be like, "Look, we will build a studio around you. We will fund the game that you want to make. We need like that's something like as great as a lot of Xboxes." portfolio is that's something they're sorely missing right now it's just like a third person action linear adventure game that is something they are really missing you know they have a diversified portfolio a lot of it's not super popular but if you attach a name like amy hitting to it you get you know top talent and build a studio around amy Hennig for a game like I think that would drive their story-driven content that that phil spencer has been Mm -hmm. talking about oh yeah for sure and like Microsoft already makes enough money off of microtransactions from Gears and Halo and Forza and stuff like that. Like, they can afford to, like, I mean, and it's something that Sony's been doing well, you know, in terms of providing a lot of first-party, single-player-driven games. You know, you look at Horizon, you look at, uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, how how well do you think Ghost of Tsushima is, is going to sell? Do you, I mean, that's not, that type of game appeals to such a small amount of audience compared to PS4s mm-hmm. out there. But Microsoft is going to be able to take that risk because they don't have things like that. They don't have their Horizon. Because, like, I mean, we all know Horizon is, like, a great game, but for the amount of PS4s that are out there, Horizon's only sold a little over 3 million copies. Like, that's not a lot. Microsoft would benefit greatly for their portfolio to have something that would sell, like, somewhere between three and six million copies and attaching Amy Hennig's name to that is also a big middle finger to Sony and be like, look, I, we like this, this is what you guys lost. And now we have her and this is her game. Like from the, from the writer of uncharted, they can use uncharted in their marketing from the, from the creators and writers of uncharted from the, you know, the, that that's huge. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think so because to me I think Microsoft doesn't need. To, I mean, they could go for independent studios like small indies if they want to, but I think they need some big name top talents. They need at least about four. I yeah, I, I, think I think they need. I think least... they need to open. I think they need to like now that they're kind of entering this the end of their kind of like restructuring phase because like mm-hmm. you know the Xbox One S was kind of like the beginning and you know, taking back all that always online stuff, kind of the beginning of their restructuring phase. Xbox One X is the, like, stamp on, okay, we have the system in place. We have our online structure in place. Now we need the games. I think if, you know, coming out of E3, they or, you know, even in press releases or whatever, they say Microsoft's opening two new studios for single-player action adventure-driven experiences. And then, like, you know, two weeks later, Amy Hennig signs contract, you know, is out at EA signs contract with Microsoft and she heads one of the studios like, man, think, look at all the talent. You've got Frank O'Connor from Bungie heading 343 for, for Halo. You've got mm-hmm. Rod Ferguson heading the coalition, like creator of like co-creator of Gears of War, like coming back to Microsoft. Then you wouldn't have Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame making a cool new franchise for oh my gosh dude oh i'm getting excited all over again i i think microsoft needs to find a japanese director 
to hit no, favorite. I think they they need to give up on the Japanese stuff. They, no, that's not I, happening. I, they I think Fable needs a Japanese no, director. No, dude, Fable oh, needs a yes. British developer. No, Fable needs no, a dude, Japanese director. So wrong let me on that. Let me tell you. I, let let dude, me tell you. you let, so wrong on that, hold dude. On. But let me tell you why I feel like Rare they... needs to make Fable. Yeah, yeah, Rare should do Fable. I think. Oh no! With the art no. style and the British humor, are you kidding me, Ed? No. Please tell me you're kidding. No, you're making me very angry right now. No, I, <laughs> hold on, I'm making you angry, but you're smiling and laughing because I love you. No, I think Fable needs a Japanese director because I don't think that dude they would have I, to I totally turn around what Fable is to have a Japanese director on that game. Right. Well, yeah, but but Fable is not strong enough for Microsoft to believe in it. No, for Fable it, for it, is strong enough. The crap, the spin-off it, games are not strong enough. The card what, game, they, the Kinect game, and the they, uh, was only one, one that they canceled. There was only one spin-off game that came out. Three. Did it? There's two that came out and one that got canceled. And they all Which came out that? after Fable 3. One was one was a did the Connect one get canceled? No, the Connect one, Connect the Journey, which was that horse riding one, awful. The four v one dungeon crawler one got canceled. Fable Legends, and then there's a card game that's supposedly out that nobody's playing because oh yeah, because that's I what even, I want from my Fable is a card game. I didn't even know they had one. I thought they were just showing the Connect one. Nope. Okay. Yeah, dude, they've no. People want to return to Fable One and Two, not well, not how, these spinoffs. How how well did Fable Three do? It did how fantastic. Well? Let me let me see Fable series sales. Because that's why I just feel like it it needs a Japanese developer. No, dude, because they, they I, got they're giving up. I on think that. they're more they're more because Fables Fables fighting gameplay fighting mechanics and some of his game uh gameplay systems were just horribly designed like yeah but that's why you give them you you have a team that can like you know do combat like it's it's not a japanese or american or european thing it's just you need a team that can do combat well i think japanese i think a Japanese director can give that combat that's no. needed in action RPG style. Fable three sold six point one million units. It's the highest selling Fable game to date. Oh, they actually there has been four, well three mainline games: the remake of Fable one, and then the three spinoff games. I don't know when did they do the remake of Fable one? Yep. Yeah, for three sixty. Yeah, it was the last year of the three sixties life cycle. It came out like the October before Xbox One came out. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah, I have it. Uh, and it was the first time you could be a girl in Fable One. I didn't even know they remade it. Yeah, well, or, it wasn't or, really a remake. It was or, just like a. It was like a Halo One anniversary thing where like they. It was literally the same game. It was just they updated the graphics, but. No, I think I think Rare would be the perfect studio to do Fable. See, I don't. I, they don't have enough experience with an RPG. With RPGs. That's why you staff up for them. But like the the they understand the British humor. 
They understand uh, rare, like the world and the art direction. Like Rare has to do their own game. They are to prove that. Like Rare would have to make their own game in in that form of Fable to prove that they could do it. And I don't think they did. Rare... It's called Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and honestly, like the way I look hold on, at hold on, Jesse. So... You gonna throw that kind of shade? <laughs> I did. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jesse. I'm sorry. I was, well, I was gonna say, like, if you're if you're looking for like something about something about the uh, Sea of Thieves for whatever reason reminds me of Fable, and yeah. I don't know why, but but for some reason, like that's it's the character design is what really yeah it. Well, and I could see like I could see Fable being like a more open world RPG, kind of similar to Sea of Thieves, but obviously it would be in the Fable world, and it would be more well, like. Well, Fable was open world RPG. Well, I know, but yeah, I'm he's I'm talking saying, about in the vein of what Sea of Thieves is like a like yeah <laughs> yeah like a more like a more broad you know, spectrum and, and Almost like, like an MMO style world, but yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of, yeah. Kind okay. of like a, like a Skyrim type game, but only, you know, a fable, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, for whatever reason, rare is like, just seems to be the one that I would pick too. I, unfortunately, I have to agree with Corey that I just don't, I just, what are you telling me I have bad if ideas? We're gonna, if we're going to see <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna pick someone who's already with Microsoft, you know, like to to work on it, that's you know close with them now, and is you know as has proven, you know, is in the process of proving what they can do for Microsoft. I think that I think that they're a good choice for that. Now you want to give you want to give a Japanese developer a franchise. You give, uh, you give Perfect Dark to. Kojima Productions and make me a Metal Gear Solid Five game, but set in the Perfect Dark universe, and I'll be on board with you 100. percent Okay, I need yeah. to walk away from this conversation because that ugh, that's a bad combination. No, this Metal Gear Solid Five is mm-hmm. great. That that Perfect Dark wouldn't even ever come out. That oh, game would dude, be that'd develop- be awesome. It'd be awesome. <laughs> We'll get like eighteen eight cutscenes for the eight years that it's showing, and then when the care. game finally released, awesome. <laughs> it'll be a movie. I'd be like, really, Kojima? That'd now, be great. yeah, I could, I could see, I could see Perfect Dark done in like the style of like uh, Persona or something like with that kind of like Japanese like animation type, you know, character design. Yeah, like something I mean, like that. That would be pretty cool. I I didn't necessarily mean like. Uh, perfect dark go Japanese. I was, I mean, like that would be actually, I actually that'd be kind of cool. Find it, though. That would actually be kind of <laughs> cool. But like, what I'm saying, like, perfect dark. Like Jesse's needs, all for it. <laughs> for perfect, for perfect dark to be viable again, they need to take it out of the first person shooter space and really make like, I think a perfect dark in the vein of Metal Gear Solid Five, an open world type stealth game where you're going around taking over bases, not necessarily the three-hour cutscenes in between each mission or anything but like you know you could have different companions that you take on these missions with you like a sniper or a dog i'm always up for having a dog companion in games like you know you could take the take it out and 
you know it would be cool instead of like this realistic desert looking world it'd be cool like the way you know perfect dark zero was where it was like pur purples and greens and oranges and like really stylized but still have that cool gameplay of the open world taking over bases style thing still think that'd be really cool something like atomic blonde i know you guys haven't seen it but that kind of that kind of like spy uh, kind of game that uh, like uh, like a spy kind of game that deals with colors and mm -hmm. uh, something like very choreographed in this cutscenes, but you also could do cool stuff uh, when playing the game. Yeah, that's I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because that, I mean, and that's you know that seems to go over very well with you know with Microsoft. They always do do good with the uh, like more brighter colors and the more vibrant looking games. For you know and that would be i think that would be nice yeah uh, okay well everybody uh i want you to email the show at arsenalx at gmail.com let us know would you prefer a japanese director to do fable or rare to do fable i really want to hear nobody I, dude I, nobody I, wants japanese, a japanese director I, for fable I, I i'm going to put it out on the facebook page at ngr radio uh communities page and i'm going to put it on rsx facebook but i actually want to hear you guys what you think uh Corey and Jesse might be right i may be wrong <laughs> Corey, do not see today. i have but, no comment uh, Edward, <laughs> no I further comments. <laughs> uh, How but, fun would the show be if we all all uh, agreed? That's that, true. So well, we, gotta... we, uh, we agree about Ninja Turtles, so that's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, well there's that's... there's certain things you all have to agree on. Ninja Turtles, yeah. pepperoni pizza. Ugh. You know, well, get out of here. <laughs> shut up. Get on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> before I, mean, I drive there and slap get you with it. <laughs> that's six hours Corey. i don't care how long it takes me i'm gonna slap you anyway <laughs> do i need to get you a hotel room first uh nah we'll see okay i mean i'll eat pepperoni pizza i have no problem with it uh i just prefer it on like supreme uh I, like yeah, I do. But I'm, I mean, I, I don't like anything on my pizza except for pepperoni. So I mean, I'm not the really? one to be talking about anything. I mean, because I think with pepperoni, I eat the pepperoni quickly before I eat the pizza, and it's just like, oh, I just want to eat the pepperoni. Because uh, sometimes it's it, it when it's crisp on a good pizza, you eat the pepperoni just like, oh, this just tastes so good. <laughs> it tastes like fried bologna in a way. I'm I'm hood. Yeah. I don't I don't understand words that you're saying right now. <laughs> I do fried bologna. I don't know, Jesse. Have you had the fried bologna uh, with with I the quit. bubble? I can't do this right now. Come on now, I've I've had spam. I've had you know, so I'm I'm not above eating uh, fried bologna. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a hood thing, Corey. I tell I tell you. <sighs> Uh, the best fried bologna that I had, it had the red kind of uh, strap around it, and you had oh, to take okay. the red strap off, and you cook it. Uh, but you could use like uh, Oscar Mayer or any kind of bologna. It's a hood thing, Corey. You're very suburban, so you don't know nothing about that. Let <laughs> me <laughs> give him that puzzled look. I want. I need a picture of that. Just like 
Fried bologna? No, pepperoni. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of, we were, uh, this is kind of off topic, but uh, we were driving around, uh, me and my wife and the kids earlier today, and uh, like all of a sudden, um, like I don't know if a house or something was on fire or something was burning, and so like the whole entire town, it looked like it was just foggy out, but it ended up being something was burning. And my wife's like, oh, I hate the smell of uh, of burning, like stuff burning like that. And I'm, and I'm like, smells fine, smells good. I'm like, but then again, I did uh, grow up in the house that I lived in where they burned bodies like right across the street. What? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So uh, smelling this is like nothing. <laughs> Try smelling that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had a literally like right on. Like my on the other side of my street, there was a building, and then behind that building, there was a a, a place where you know where they did funerals and stuff, and they actually oh, had cremation. a cre- they had a crematory there, and so like every once in a while they would uh, be burning bodies, and man, does that reek! Holy cow! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Little a little uh, glimpse into. <laughs> no one should ever have to live next to those. Those should be out somewhere where there's no one living. <laughs> I used to live by a cemetery in my old home. So, yeah. Well, everybody, we're going to get to our last section, which is our Arsenal Exchange. And we talked about this company. But what in the world is going on at EA with them closing Visceral? Them buying Respawn, um, this games as a service, uh, revenue per player. Like, what in the world is EA doing? They're basically becoming Activision Junior. That's pretty much what they're becoming. They're restructuring to make money. To you know, they need they want the lowest output. Like in terms of games, they want their profit margins to be huge and they want to make the most money they can from the least amount of products they put out. And that's, I'm not saying like they don't want to put out a lot of products, but I'm just saying like they want to get the most out of each product that they possibly can. And like, you know, a lot of people don't want that, but I mean, a lot of people won't ever know that, you know, a lot of people, you just go and say, oh, look, there's new Star Wars Battlefront game out. I like Star Wars. I'll play it, you know. Or I like Madden. I like in the NFL. I'm going to play Madden, you know. And they, those people exist. And very few people are going to, ha- like, in the grand scheme of things, are going to be having the the conversation that we're having right now, you know. And that's why I'm frightful for Bioware to close. Because, like, you know, a lot of that team got, well, one of the teams got shifted into motive to work on Battlefront 2. And mm-hmm. the other, the other half of Bioware is working on Anthem. And if, like, all the chips are on the table for <laughs> Anthem, you know, for Bioware. And if Bioware doesn't work out, like, they're, they're toast. Like, you know, I mean, I know the Star Wars MMO is still going, but I don't, I don't really know how profitable that is at this point you know i just think they leave the servers on because that game's been out for so long and people still play it but like you know they want everything to have loot boxes and microtransactions and you know all the sports games already do that battlefront from all sources you know are saying 
you know, it's almost pay to win, <laughs> you know, I pretty I, much, I, I haven't played the game. I don't know what the structure is, but you know, from what I see a lot of people saying, and it's not just, it's not just the internet haters club coming out and bashing on star Wars. It's people that we know and other Facebook groups and stuff that are playing the game. Like, yeah, this microtransaction stuff's a little ridiculous and that's, that sucks. That really sucks, you know, but you know, and my money is that Anthem's probably going to be the same way, you know, and they're just retooling their studios to do stuff like that. And, you know, need for speed is a game that I think that studio is probably going to be gone within the next two years. Whatever studio just put out this recent need for speed game. The payback. Yeah. What was it? Black box. No, that's not right. Um, I don't remember, I, but you know what I mean? It, like they just, which is, which is weird that the game came out like last Friday and like, no, like the reviews for it has been like really bad. Um, but it's just like Microsoft didn't know. I'm not Microsoft. EA did no kind of mark. Yeah. EA did no kind of publish, not publishing marketing for that game. And that's a bad sign. And it, and I kind of want to ask you, Jesse, do you think we should we should accept piss poor games from EA? Because they no. feel like they're gonna make money through their microtransactions? It's no, not that the, it, like, it's, not that the, the, it's not that the games are bad, it's their tactics are bad. Like they yeah. they're they're well, they're not bad. They're not gamer friendly. Like the tactics they're imp- implementing into their games aren't gamer friendly. You know, I think I think in terms of pure gameplay, I think Battlefront was one of the best shooters I've played in a long time. You know, and it graphically was stunning. But at the same time, it's like all these microtransactions. That's that's shady stuff. And if this new one is pay to win, you know, that's that's stupid. That's so stupid. You know, yeah, because they didn't really like the only thing that was kind of wasn't really pay to win because it took a long time before it was an option. But like, even if they would have just did what what they did with the battlefield games, where you couldn't really pay to get like all the guns unlocked or anything mm-hmm. like that until the game had been out for quite a while, and that I think was just to counterbalance people who decided to get the game later and it had already been out for like a year or whatever those people trying to jump into a game with no no weapons you can choose to do that but if you wanted to you could also pay to be able to unlock all the weapons right away and be you know kind of not be as you know as at a disadvantage anymore you know but it's an option it's not something you have to do but like you know, if you did that, I I'm okay with that. But but yeah, if you're like right off the bat letting people play, be able to spend money to get the best weapons and the best things like right off the bat when the game just comes out, it's ridiculous. Like I don't understand why anyone would do that. So th- do you guys think that EA doesn't believe in hard work anymore? Like. It, for some reason, they just believe, hey, you don't if you don't want to put the time and effort into all stuff like this, you could just buy your way. Like that's the most easier way. It's like give us your credit card money, and we'll give you the easy access. 
Yeah, I think I think it's just they probably are unfortunately just exploiting the fact that there are a lot of uh, people who are casual gamers. It's you know it's I don't blame the people who do buy it and spend the money if mm-hmm. it's an option, but at the same time, it, yeah, it is kind of stupid that that it's an option. Like I said, like right away. That's fine if you want to make it a year from now. The game's been out for a year. If people don't want to have to play the game to to unlock everything and they just bought the game for their birthday or for whatever and they you want to spend an extra 20 bucks and you can unlock all the weapons, so be it. But to do that right away, it's just stupid. But but they're again, they're just exploiting something that they know is there and it's a casual gamer that's that would gladly spend money to be able to get, you know, get the best things right away. So, uh, Corey, do you think that the casual gamer gives that this gives them an advantage in the game before hardcore players is something that they could exploit? Like, they could find what works and exploit it. Leaving the casual gamers, even with that, uh, even with the stuff that they bought still out of, like, you know, without no skill level. Like, just, I like, still feel like they're out of class. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's hard because like you have things like matchmaking and now you have microtransactions like like on like a, an even scale like somebody you should be matched with people that you are are you know of similar skill with, right? Like that's mm-hmm. something. And like what we're talking about with Battlefront 2 is a lot of people when they get matchmaked with someone, someone who spent like 20 30 40 50 bucks and loot boxes already has the advantage over someone who hasn't spent any money because those cards are skill based it doesn't matter if you're a hardcore gamer a casual gamer or someone that's like you know that person who only buys three or four games a year but also plays the crap out of those three or four games a year right it doesn't matter what kind of gamer you are on a on a just a baseline level you know this this tactic is just wrong because people play games to have fun you know mm-hmm. and and you know i've bought in loot boxes i've bought in microtransactions and games that i really like before right like overwatch is a great example of how i think loot boxes are done right right you go in you get you get a loot box every time you level up right the experience points that you like per level like level off at level 20. So from level 20 to 21 is the same from level 50 to 51, right? And you still get a loot box. They double down on, we're going to try to not give you duplicates, right? You get some duplicates, but not, they take into account what you have and make sure that they run an algorithm on loot boxes that make sure you don't get duplicates, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to do it. Plus, if you buy like five loot boxes, you get one for free. Or if you buy 10, you get two for free. And like, you know, buy different tiers, you get a lot, you get ones for free. And like, you know, they do have special loot boxes that you can only get during events and stuff. But at the same time, it's like people who are playing Overwatch every night or every day, you know, if they spend like five or 10 bucks every, you know, a couple weeks to say, oh, there's this cool, like, 
uh, New Year's event. I want the New Year's, I want the Year of the Rooster cool outfits for my characters or the Halloween event. Those those costumes are really cool. Like I want those. And you spend five or ten bucks, you're not probably not going to get a duplicate from these special boxes. EA is like on the other end of the spectrum, where like these are and and everything in Overwatch is cosmetic, right? It's either a voiceover for your character, a skin for your character, an intro to your character for a game uh, play of the game type situation. That kind of stuff. You know, Titanfall also does an amazing job with, with their microtransactions, right? Everything is cosmetic. Yeah. And, and I think that's, like, the coolest way to do it, you know? It doesn't affect gameplay. It makes your character look cool. And you can unlock it somewhere in the game if you put a ton of time into it. Like, that's how they should be, right? EA is doing this thing with Star Wars where, like, you actually buy star cards, which, you know, apply different weapon sets to your special ability slots. And, like, the more you buy, the more of these cards you're going to have. And that's a gameplay advantage. That is a distinct gameplay advantage. And, like, you know, Destiny is having that same problem, though, on a lesser scale. Because, like, you can buy pieces of armor from Eververse. Now, they're all, like, it's all one armor set. And it's all at level 10, and you have to infuse armor into it. But, like, that's still, like, trotting the line of, like, okay, you can buy gameplay advantages, you know? It's just, man, there's just this, like, really fine line of, like, how to do it and how not to do it. And Overwatch and Titanfall are on the side of this is how you do it. This is how you do great microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Destiny is on the fence kind of teetering at questionable and then ea has just like hurdled the fence and is running the complete other direction with star wars and that's what i'm worried about with anthem and they do it with their sports games too like the the ultimate team stuff uh i don't really know how ultimate team works but i know people spend tons of money on ultimate team so it, it, it's just it feels weird uh and it's good that you brought up destiny too uh because uh, I kind of wrote a piece I'll talk about that later uh, about Destiny 2 but I kind of feel like with Destiny 2 that even if you buy something to make your your character better there's something within the game that's better than what you brought and so you just advance like, like if I spend $10 on an outfit but I start doing some side quests and a little bit more grinding and I find something better that I personally wasted ten dollars, oh, and I yeah, I mean, I see. I that. mean, I mean, and I don't know if that's the same thing that's going to apply for to EA. Is that, um, or is it going to be a point where, even though if you buy your way through the game to have the best gear, is there going to be something within the game that you don't have to buy? That's going to be better than the gear that you bought or the loot loot box that you bought. I don't know. I just, I think like everything in the game in star Wars, like the star cards, it's all Mm -hmm. like, you can get all that by playing, but like, it's definitely an advantage if you can just buy it instead of leveling up because like leveling up a character, like if it's anything like overwatch takes like, three or four matches to get to the next level if you're playing decent, you know, like, but if you have 
an extra 20 bucks laying around and you just buy those loot boxes that's like <laughs> that's like almost 100 matches you don't have to play that you can just get that stuff you know but, but it doesn't it feel weird like it feels like you're cheating yourself out of enjoyment. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's that's the balance, right? Is like, how do you find that sweet spot of like, they can play like five hours, but like, if you just spend like a five bucks here, you can like kind of, you know, not waste your time grinding, and that's like the big thing in Shadow of War, right? Is like that last yeah. act is a real grind and a lot of people stop playing there because they don't want to grind. But like, if you have 10 bucks lying around, you could get that orc, you could get that weapon set, you can get that stuff. And it's like, you know, I can't really speak to battlefront two yet because I have not played it. Right. I don't know really how it works. And I've seen both sides argued. Right. But like, mm-hmm. yes, people, it it's different for an RPG or an action RPG or something that has a single player component to it. Right. Whereas star Wars battlefront two, every, all the microtransactions only affect the multiplayer stuff. Like this, the campaign is untouched with these, with these microtransactions. So like you can play through the whole campaign, have a good time, not spend a cent. Everything is competitive multiplayer focused. And like, that's the problem with, you know, buying the gameplay microtransactions like it literally affects the gameplay like you literally have more items to use in multiplayer than the other guy who didn't spend any money and that's the problem you know well i I wonder how long our people are even going to play battlefront 2 like, I mean, I'm sure it... there's going to be that casual crowd that plays until the next one comes out, right? I mean, like, 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 like I said earlier, there's only a small fraction of gamers who are actually really having this conversation that we're having, right? A lot of people just go in and see Star Wars on the box and buy it, and you know, if mechanically it's fun to play, they're going to keep playing it until, like, I don't know, PUBG comes out or the next Call of Duty or. Uh, something else, you know, game X that they're interested in, you know, that's, that's just how, you know, the casual gaming market works. But like, you know, people like us who are like, okay, how long until this, this actually affects like what we know about EA and what they're doing with this game, how long Mm -hmm. until it actually affects our enjoyment of the game? Like as soon as it affects my enjoyment of the game, like I already told you, I'm not buying battlefront two because of this. Right, I'm going to red box it, probably play through the campaign in two or three nights, and then you know take Return it back it. and never, never probably play it again. Right, which right. which is sad because like I think the multiplayer is fun, but I don't want to play with a bunch of people who are spending a hundred bucks every two weeks to murder me. Right, <laughs> I just don't. Right, and to me it would be like, well, what if this game gets taken to esports and you can't use? Cosmic weapons, like oh, I, we have I to use. I, I mean, but but let's but but let's look at it from that viewpoint. If this game was used in an esport competition where you can't use cosmetic loot boxes and stuff, now does that affect your skill? And you have to use what's in game because for a lot of people, if they're relying on a lot of that loot box stuff and they can't use it. That changes your whole strategy and your whole skill plan. So what? So what happens then? 
like do you now does EA now force everybody uh who's playing that game in esports on a certain on that at the same level and now it's just you got to do your best cuz you don't have no safety net no, there's nothing that you could do because stuff like that would, won't be allowed in or, the game. Or if, or if you apply this like this loot box box method, like I doubt Battlefront Two will go to esports. But if you apply this to Battlefield, which is big in esports, mm-hmm. and like you know these teams are are training and doing whatever they do to be good at Battlefield, right? And like, what if like you use the items you have going in and like. How does this affect, how does this, uh, it's just this very fine line again of like, how do you, how do you get professional players to not be tempted by spending money to get the better items to, for the tournament that they're getting ready to enter? Like, how does that work? How does that work? You know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Just this whole conversation of loot boxes just like really frustrates me. And it's just like. (laughs) I feel like I feel like we've been talking about it for like six months now. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's to me, it's not really about the loot box. No, no. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's part of it, but it's it's more about the shadiness of like of like EHS itself. Yeah, to... of, of like here's you know th- this. Like I said, I don't have any problem with loot boxes if they're done correctly, right? I've bought in stuff in mm-hmm. Gears of War, you know, I've bought in stuff in Halo, I've bought in stuff in Overwatch, Destiny, I've bought in so many loot box like Bright Ingrams, it's not even funny. Like I I do enjoy a good loot box if I have the spare change and it's a game I'm really enjoying because I want to support mm-hmm. the game that I love and if this loot box system is done right, I will do that, you know? But, like, it's just, man, the stuff that's come out about Shadow of War and now EA's doing stuff to Battlefront and the future games, and it's just... <sighs> it, it, it feels like EA... It feels like EA is forcing gamers to lose what video games are about. To, for me, personally. Yeah. Well, for them, and... for them, instead of, like, someone like, you know, you look at ninja theory who make games that are beautiful and they do it for the art of the game because like yes there's that that thing that came out that said ninja theory was happy with the sales because they were more than expected and they broke even but it was a passion project for them that they wanted to do and like video games are art to them whereas like you know ea and activision I mean, the developers might be proud of what they're working on. You know, that's that's what their passion is. You know, making games is their passion. But the higher ups at EA are like, this is a business. We need to appease the shareholders. We need to appease, you know, the people who need to make money off of this. Like, we need to squeeze every penny out of this possible. And that's where it gets, like, shady to the point where, like, how do we balance the art versus the business? How do we balance, you know how much we can get out of somebody versus just let them enjoy the game. And, and it's, it's tough, but I mean, out, out of this type of, of this type of thing, we get awesome indie games like Steamworld dig, like shovel Knight, like, mm-hmm. you know, we get cool indie experiences where like they do do it for the art. We get cuphead, we get amazing games like that are spun off from this. You know, we got, 
we got Fulbright out of the Bioshock situation. You know, we 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 got Yacht Club out of Way Forward. That was you know spun out of another bigger company. You know, we've got these cool artistic and fun experiences that don't require you to buy loot boxes. I mean, look at look at look at Shovel Knight, man. Twenty four ninety nine gets you four games, four distinct amazing games. Well, right. Plague Knight is is good. It's not great. It's good. But Spectre like Spectre of Torment was amazing. And Shovel Knight was amazing. And now King of Cards looks to be like another amazing game. You know, and, and it's those games that we're gonna have to look to for our you know, where does the heart of the art go in gaming? And that's those are the games that we're gonna have to look at now. And like for every Madden, for every FIFA, for every Battlefront, there's going to be two or three cool indie experiences that we get to have. Or two or three uh, first-party AAA action adventure style games that we get to have that are awesome. Or, you know, something I'm really looking forward to playing is Assassin's Creed Origins. No loot boxes. There are microtransactions, but they're cosmetic items, you know, that which is, which is fine. You know, like I saw a couple costumes I would like to have or like spoilers you can buy a unicorn and ride a unicorn through that game which is pretty (laughs) funny but like you know there's no multiplayer microtransactions there's no gameplay affecting microtransactions Uh, Wolfenstein we're getting Wolfenstein which is a cool game Uh, you know we just got Doom on Switch which is awesome like we have those games outside like it's it's time if we want to support big budget games still you look at Bethesda and look what they're doing and how they've changed from you know kind of weird whatever studio to delivering us these art studios you look at Nintendo what they're doing you look mm-hmm. at uh you know you look at Ubisoft for you know most of their games you know the, Ubisoft probably does it the best in balancing the single player experiences with the multi big budget multiplayer microtransaction stuff you know you have the division rainbow six ghost recon over here multiplayer focused making them the money then you have assassin's creed you have rayman you have splinter cell hopefully again someday like you have cool uh experiments like mario plus ravage kingdom battle like it's that they probably do it the best in balancing their portfolio, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's cool to see. And I'm really happy, like, you know, because of the issues people have with Activision EA, we get the Bethesdas and the Ubisofts and the Indies and the and the Nintendos still holding down the fort and the games that you know don't need to make five hundred million dollars every time they put out a game. Okay. Sorry, I just uh, kind just... of went on a rant. It was... <laughs> no, no, that that's that's good. That, that I mean, that's the conversation that we that we need to have because it it feels like with EA, um, like just like for some reason out the blue, they, for me personally, they kind of just destroy, they're just destroying themselves, and that's sad when a company is destroying themselves. And, and not thinking and using games as a business is fine, but not not making people feel like their games are relatable to the player. That's 
that's that's the problem. You know, I think that's why people who know that I'm a big Nintendo fan, I'm a Nintendo nut because there's something about a Nintendo game that I literally enjoy and they and I feel relatable to this. I love the kookiness. I love the art style. I love the challenge and innovations and sometimes them just changing the game industry and doing weird stuff. I love that they do that. And Nintendo gets rewarded for that because I a purchased the game. And a lot of people, a lot of companies, definitely like for EA, don't see it that way. They think that you're supposed to purchase their game and buy their microtransactions to enjoy the full experience. And uh, like you mentioned, Corey, having getting that kind of support. And I don't want to give EA that kind of support personally mm-hmm. for me. And I love I love Titanfall two for what it for what it did. It really is good. But I feel like EA is going to change that whole design of Respawn with Titanfall 3. And yeah, I fear that. That's my fear too. Is like they want, if they want to implement us, like now that they own Respawn, they can say what systems go in the game and what systems don't. And like changing the system from cosmetic to the Battlefront thing. That's mm-hmm. going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. And then that's when you're going to see Respawn close their doors because of some stupid decision that EA wanted to make because of money. You know, Respawn's a fantastic studio. You know, they've put out two fantastic games. You know, you look at their prior work, like Modern Warfare changed the industry. It changed yes. first-person shooters forever. And, like, you know, you have that team create a new studio and create an amazing first-person shooter experience with a cool new twist. Like, that's awesome, and and I'm really afraid EA is gonna ruin it by saying, "Hey, uh, you can buy these, uh, you know, flare guns to add onto your Titan, uh, for like, you know, they're in these loot boxes. You can buy five of them for five bucks. It's 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 dirty, is what it is, and it's just like it's it's scary, man. But like I said, there's plenty of other experiences for us to have." you know, to send them a message. You know, there's plenty of other mm-hmm. games to buy that aren't EA games to send them a message. And, you know, the hard, the hardcore community is not big enough to send that message in a powerful way, but incrementally we can start sending it. I think once EA starts pushing the hardcore to other places instead of to their platform, that I think they're going to have to realize, okay, we need to change our business Uh our business perspective or work on go out of business complete because I, well, I, don't think, I, I don't think like, I don't think EA is going to ever completely go out of business, but I think I do think like they're going to hit a point where they are going to realize that they need to change their business model because like, maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's not two years from now, but like mm-hmm. maybe five years from now when people start really realizing you know what they're doing in their games six years from now seven years from now they're gonna have to change their perspective and like it it sucks that it's gonna have to come to that but like if if people start realizing incrementally that message will be sent eventually it's it's gonna be it's gonna be on mediocre reviews and bad sales it's gonna be kind of like activision right now like Activision is actually listening to to people a little bit more and trying to give them what they want because this uh, just making whatever they felt like and 
and not you know ignoring what the people are asking for wasn't mm-hmm. getting wasn't doing very well for them and actually with the talking about microtransactions that was the nail in the coffin for me uh for the call of duty franchise i think it was black ops 3 uh, when they started coming out with new weapons, they they made them where the only way you could get those new weapons were in the in the uh, season the pass loot crates. No, oh, they were in oh. the loot crates. So even if you had a season pass, you didn't get those new weapons. The only way you could get them is by getting loot crates. And so people that would want to spend money could p- possibly get those before anyone else. And because playing the game, I played the game so much and I only unlocked, I think, maybe one or two of the new weapons out of the like eight or whatever that they came out with. And I had played it so much. I had actually even spent some money on buying loot crates things to get get them. And I still didn't unlock any of the new weapons. It was the biggest piece of S game I had ever played. Like, why would you do that? Why would you make it almost impossible to get the new guns and make people, force people to have to spend money? And even if you spend money, you're not even guaranteed that you're going to get them. And the sad thing it, about it, it, it was ridiculous. And the sad thing about it is, who's even playing that game now? Yeah. Well, there there's still people playing it because a lot of people do still say, oh, you know, Black Ops Three is the last good, you know, Call of Duty game mm-hmm. and blah 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 because you know there wasn't any until now boots on the ground type games or whatever. But but still, it it just. That was like the worst, the worst thing I've ever seen done with uh, with loot crate type situations where you have to buy stuff, because it's always been when you buy a season pass, the guns would eventually, the new guns would come out, and everyone who bought a season pass would have them, you know, available. You know, that's that was something that they had always done it, but to to make it literally where you have to spend like lots of money on buying you know crates to try to get them and then like i said you're not even guaranteed that you're ever gonna see any of them yes is ridiculous i was so mad i was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen mm. like it, it like wrecked the game for me <laughs> well everybody that's gonna do do it for our discussion uh what do you think the what is going wrong or like i said what the hot hell is going on with yay like let us actually know you can email the show at my uh, my ex at arsenalx at gmail.com um i'm gonna post a question also on facebook at arsenalx uh, facebook page uh so come join us on there in the conversation and let's see i'm gonna hear what you guys think uh but we're gonna do some quick plugs jesse where can we find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at sub underscore humanist. Okay. Uh, and Corey, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me at Corey and UHD on Twitter, Corey and HD on Instagram and Twitch. Uh, you can find me on NGR Radio, proper Nintendo Power Block, and various other places uh, on the NGR Radio network of shows. Uh, I will be guesting on Nerds Gone Platinum this week, so uh, check that out. Uh, well when this episode releases tomorrow check it out tomorrow uh, and and yeah I'm I'm writing a lot more so yes check out ngrradio.com I'll be writing some stuff uh, coming up so pretty excited 
Yes, and you guys can follow me on Twitter at that retro code. You can check out my podcast, Optional Opinion, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, other podcast apps. Um, check out my new writing that I put. Should Destiny Two, I mean, should the Destiny series come to an end? Um, really, do read, give that a read, and just hear me out what I had to say first before you guys comment. <laughs> before we get out of here, did you see that? Uh... What's his name? Jason Jones, the head of Bungie, is already planning their project after Destiny's over. Oh, goodness. I they're fear already, what it is. They're already planning their next project, and it's it doesn't sound like it's going to be with Activision. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. So, oh, wow. But, does Activision, but Activision doesn't own Bungie, right? No, they just, they're just publishing Destiny. Oh, okay. So, oh brother, uh, yeah. I would like uh, I would like to see Bungie return to like a just a proper kind of like. I mean, I know they want to do the thing where they're like making all the money and stuff, but I would like to see them like maybe downsize a little bit and have a more focused project and actually like know what you, they're doing. I I want Bungie to make a new game in a different genre, like. Oh, you mean like I'm, Oni? Because that turned out real well. I, I'm, uh, it was something different. I'm sorry, because Bungie is just making garbage now. I, <sighs> I, I Destiny Two, it was better than Destiny One, but I'm just like you guys don't have the well, spirit in you. Some people that. are gonna disagree with you about that. <laughs> I mean. I mean, and that's fine. They could disagree with me. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. We'll uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, do guys check out this Friday's optional opinion where it's going to be about Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Check out that episode and uh, check out next week's episode. Also, got us hopefully when it's recorded, I have a special guest. Uh, Jesse, I do apologize. Want to say online, uh, I forgot to record with you. I was with a friend. Uh, so we'll do the Spirit Away part two one later on. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's fine because I I was kind of I've been busy on Saturdays <laughs> and stuff lately, so okay. But but thank you everybody. Uh, join us on Arsenal X Facebook page. Oh, and also check out Arsenal X on your Xbox Live. Um, we want to join play with you guys in the community stuff. So go ahead and join us there on um Xbox One. Uh, with that, everybody, we are out, and we'll see you next time. Oh. <laughs> Arsenal X. Yes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you.